0: Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities, but it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring this show to you commercial-free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com, And Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer. And Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode and a brand new guest. Joanna. And you know what, Jan, I actually meant to ask you about your last name before we started. Andres. Is, is that the correct pronunciation?
1: It's actually Andres. Andres.
0: Okay. The, the yeah, accent on the A. Okay, cool. I, I have, I've had countless conversations over my lifetime about my last name. I, I'm, I'm assuming you've had at least a few yourself, but thanks for yeah. for clarifying that for myself and for our listeners. We're all kind of getting to know you together. And yeah. um, we literally just jumped on the call and we just dove right into the conversation. So I, I appreciate you being willing to do this today. Whereabouts are you based?
1: I am actually out of Columbus, Ohio.
0: Okay, cool. And how long have you had your business there in Columbus?
1: I have had my business for seven years now. So crazy. I can't believe it's been seven years. It goes fast.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it really can actually go fast. What was, and you know what? I don't normally get a chance to talk to, to our guests about this. What was the like the big impetus for you getting into photography in the first place?
1: Um, Well, I have two children. So, um, you know, I have a a son that's 12 now, and my daughter is going to be 11 this month. And, you know, when they were babies, I just wanted to photograph them all the time. So we actually would hire a photographer. And, you know, at the time, I was a stay at home mom, and my husband was a teacher. So we had a very limited income. And we would go to a professional photographer. And he just was like, why don't we just get a camera and do this ourselves. (laughs) So I mean, that's how it kind of started and um and here we are now so. and here you are yes yeah,
0: seven years <laughs> later there you obviously figured something out
1: yeah definitely <laughs> so yeah when I first, we first got a camera I I was like wait this still doesn't take pictures like a professional photographer so I took classes um you know I asked around I practiced I took some online courses I did some mentoring with some photographers and yeah definitely a lot of um education into it but um but kind of self-learning as well
0: What percentage of that education would you say was photographic and what percentage of it was business? Did you have experience in business in the past?
1: I did. So, so, um, my parents used to own a pizzeria. So when I was 12 years old, they would pick me up from school and I would work. (laughs) So that really taught me a lot about business. Um, you know, so at a young age, I learned everything I could know about, about owning a business. And, and then I, you know, went to college for a market, have a marketing degree.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I was in sales a lot. Um, I used to work for Time Warner. So I was an advertising sales consultant. I sold houses. Um, so a lot of that is just, you know, learning from experience. And luckily my parents owned a business. So I, I got a lot of that experience from that.
0: That's cool. I, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to grow up in business myself, so it was a massive learning curve, especially the the financial side of things. Um, but really cool right. that you've had that experience. And by the way, can you make a really good pizza?
1: I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can spin it. I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually for twelve. I made a pretty killer pizza. But oh wow.
0: <laughs> I, a pizza isn't something I normally get to have, but every once in a while, there's, there, I actually make a, a homemade pizza that we've kind of developed a recipe over, I don't know, maybe the last six months to a year or so that I've, I'm really stoked on. And I, I still need to work on the, the crust of it, the, the actual yeah. dough and the development of the dough, but um, I guess it's kind of a, an ongoing learning process.
1: Yeah. A lot of it is um, the temperature with the yeast is is like the biggest thing. So Really?
0: Okay. Well, I may may have to ask you some, or maybe we'll just do a whole different podcast episode about (laughs) pizza sometime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) would brilliant. Well, I I, I ask all those questions about business really to set us up for the first um, question that I have on my list here, which has to do with brand position. You said you're based in Columbus. What, What is your brand position or your unique value proposition there in the Columbus market?
1: Sure. I I specialize in newborn children portrait photography. I custom style each unique session and provide my clients with gorgeous heirloom wood prints, keepsake albums, and beautiful canvases for my clients to hang on their walls and cherish for a lifetime.
0: Wow. Okay. So you you already have that very, very articulately um, written out. It sounds like Um, I, by the way, though I I also have (laughs) to give you props for your very simple summation of that on your website for everybody listening in. If you go to Joanna, Andresphotography.com, it is, you scroll down just a little bit, and it says Columbus newborn and baby photography. Um, you know, one of the things, right. Joanna, and this is a struggle of mine still, it's something I'm working on on an ongoing basis, is learning how to communicate succinctly, how to say more with less words. And right. as photographers, many times we can be guilty of just going on and on and on. Uh, certainly in written text on our website, you see that a lot in photographer sites and, and yet you've done just a beautiful job of very simply summing up what your brand position is, Columbus newborn and baby photography. Was that something you had to think through for a bit or did it just kind of come naturally?
1: It just kind of came naturally. I just had to think about what I actually do. So, um, you know, that is my, basically my brand position. So, cool. um, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> well done. And
0: props yeah, because you definitely stand out in, in your ability to be able to sum it up so simply. And by the way, while, while I'm sharing your website for everybody listening in, you can also follow Joanna on Instagram and it's Joanna, just like it sounds. And then A N D R E S photography. Uh, we'll link to this in the, the show notes at dot com as well. But um, second question for you, Joanna Talk to us about customer experience. I mean, you've been in business for seven years and then um, in in the business world prior to that, what has been one of the most important principles for providing a great customer service experience from your experience?
1: Sure. I think there's a couple of things. The first thing is having passion for what you do because your clients can see that you have a passion for it. Um, And the other thing is for me is I, I just like to be genuine with my clients and just, you know build that rapport and that relationship with them. I, I try to befriend all my clients. I want them to be friends with me. Um, and they leave, you know, with a, a really good experience because they know I'm passionate about what I do and that I, we've made a really good connection. So that, that's the two biggest things for me
0: okay and and that makes sense uh, on a basic mm-hmm. level i let me I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this in a little bit more detail though because the yeah. words passion and you know being genuine or the the notion of authenticity these are like pop culture words right now everybody's especially in the industry actually you'll hear use use these words just so much of the time and so i'm mm-hmm. curious what does this look like on a on a practical level like you being passionate about something how does that translate to the way that you engage with your clients
1: right you know, basically, them seeing how I handle their baby—that's um, number one. Okay, um, I handle them with absolute care, like they are my own. Um, so they see that from the time they walk in the door. You know, I give them a genuine compliment, congratulate them on their baby, I welcome into the home. Well, actually, I have a home studio, so they come down, and I give them a tour um, show them where the restroom is, have them sit down, explain the whole process, give them some water. Um, I put some Netflix moving art, make them relax, you know, just from the time they walk in the door, I have a welcome sign for the baby, which they love, you know, it's just creating that experience. Um, and you know, just, they just see that. And I ask them a lot of questions like, how are you feeling? How are you guys doing? You know, just like I was saying, just being authentic with them by asking lots of questions and getting to know them. I think that's the biggest thing for me.
0: Well, and you mentioned something a second ago, which was genuine compliments. And, and I've been highlighting this idea in, in the last few months or so on the podcast. But there is something to be said. And, and I'm kind of a nerd because I, when I compliment somebody, in fact, I'll do this on text in particular. As I'm Mm -hmm. sending, as I'm literally typing out these words, this phrase, whatever it is to compliment somebody or to congratulate them or to show some type of empathy for their excitement or or whatever it might be, I'm, I'm feeling it internally as I'm typing that even, even more so though, as we're having a conversation and certainly doing so face to face, if somebody can see our face and they can hear the tone of our voice, even if we don't realize it, the genuineness of the compliment that we are getting will translate to the expression. It will translate to the tone of our voice and they will actually feel that, feel it that much more. And and I think that kind of gets missed sometimes.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when they see that too, and you know, making that eye contact with them and, and things like that, it's definitely, it's huge. And they just are so excited when you come in and compliment them and you know, they just are comfortable here just giving them that experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's big. And just to clarify, I said it gets missed sometimes mm-hmm. I meant missed by photographers. The client will feel it, oh, but right. I think a lot of times oh, right. photographers forget the significance of oh, yeah. actually in, in kind of what's the best word in, imbuing the, the the genuine feeling internally into the words that they're communicating yeah. and the client feels that, and that kind of genuineness. I mean, even on a day-to-day level, what, what are the chances that we actually have a conversation with somebody, even if it's in passing where you feel like that person actually genuinely cares about you. It's just, it's not a commonplace thing. So if we can do that in creating a client experience, it really makes a big impact. And I think that's really important to remember. So thank you for (laughs) highlighting that. Um, and, and to move on to the next question, though, talk to us about time. I mean, you mentioned your family, you're running a business now for seven years. How do you effectively find the balance that makes sense for you, um, between business and family life? Is there a particular workflow technique that you can recommend?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One that has helped me stay centered is I hired an assistant and that has been huge. Mm, yeah. Um, it's completely worth the investment. Um, it's a life changer for me because now I can have some balance in my life, you know? So she, you know, she helps me with cleaning the studio and doing the laundry and, and just the, the little things that can help me focus on, um, you know, calling clients and and things like that. So I have more time. Um, The other thing that I do is I'm big on to do lists. So I every single day I write a to do list and I check everything off and I I have to stay centered on that list because you can get so distracted nowadays with yeah. Facebook and Instagram and, you know, things dinging and, <laughs> you know, so my biggest thing is that checklist has to be like, everything needs to be checked off by by the end of the day, which usually does. And then I can go onto Facebook or Instagram and and that sort of thing. But but I think those are the two biggest things for me okay, is- so
0: let's go back mm-hmm. to assistant because this is yes. this is an interesting idea to me and i've been spending a lot of time talking with our guests as of late when it comes to this idea and we're going to talk more specifically about delegation here in just a second but mm-hmm. um, when it comes to having an assistant i mean that is really the kind of the epitome of delegation right you have you hire somebody to come alongside and give tasks to um right. how do you How have you learned to, and I guess we'll kind of lump my question about delegation into this then, how do you effectively, or how have you effectively learned how to communicate to somebody what it is that you want so that their actions then produce the results that are at least good enough to make you happy? Because this is one of the things that a lot of photographers struggle with, particularly when it comes to outsourcing editing, you know, like to to photographers that at my company, but the idea of giving Mm -hmm. something to somebody else that you can, you can no longer control and you can't, you can no longer micromanage and make sure every little tiny thing is just the way that you want to, um, is a real kind of discouragement to a lot of photographers when it comes to delegation. So talk to us about how you learned to communicate.
1: You know, I I think what I did with her was I just showed her how I do everything. And then she kind of mirrored everything as well. So, you know, she's basically by my side throughout the entire session. So if I need something, she'll just hand something to me, but she actually helps me style the sessions now. So she knows, um, you know, the client fills out a questionnaire form and let's say they want certain colors. So she'll pull all the colors for me and then I will select which outfit they will wear and that sort of thing. But um, so I still have a little control because it is my session, but, she just basically preps everything for me, but she does with the delegation side of it. Um, she does have a degree in graphic design, which is huge. Wow. So she does help me with my editing and top of everything else. And she's actually wonderful because, you know, I do all indoor sessions. So my lighting is very consistent and my editing is very consistent. So, and she actually does a wonderful job. So um, cause I had a previous assistant who didn't have experience and it was a little bit, more challenging because they didn't have that eye for it or, you know, the education, um, knowing Photoshop is, you know, big learning curve. So I didn't really have to teach her any of that. Um, she already had a lot of knowledge with Photoshop and Lightroom. So that was really helpful. But, um, with communication, I mean, she, she works right next to me. We have our office is is right next to me. So I usually like approve everything before it gets sent off or before the, the client sees the images. Um, but, um, honestly with her, I've never really had to fix anything because she does such an amazing job, but, um, we actually have a really great relationship too. So. Well,
0: and um, it sounds like you did a great job picking somebody good to begin with. Cause that, that really does yes. make a difference too. I mean, it, there are some cases where you know you, you try delegating a task to, I mean, it could be anything from, you know, having your house clean to album design to accounting work to whoever. and, and, and in some cases, you may just not Mm -hmm. find that right fit and you have to move on. But um, beyond that, I think it's also important. And I'll just throw this out as a reminder for everybody listening in when it comes to delegation, being clear. I mean, you you seem like a very confident, assertive individual, Joanna. And and there's something to be said for that because as business owners, if we're not clear about what it is that we want, then Mm -hmm. being able to effectively communicate that to somebody else so that they can then do the task can be kind of difficult it gets complicated and muddy and and then the results that we end up with are not results that we're really stoked with and yet a lot of it's on us because we're just expecting this person to kind of read our mind and yet they can't do that so you end up in this kind of vicious cycle so I think being clear about what what it is that we want can really make a big difference there but you talked about to-do lists and Mm -hmm. I'm curious as somebody who really enjoys those do you use a particular piece of software that you really love or are you paper-based
1: I honestly am paper-based. I just, I feel like if I write it down, I will do it. (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah, I've tried electronic. It just doesn't work for me. You know, it's just extra, you know, I just think of things. I can just write it down. I have a huge pad on my, you know, on my desk. And when I think of something, I just write it down. And I have a little circle next to it and I can just check it right off. So that's just kind of the way I work. I mean, even with calendars, I mean, I have electronic calendars for that client's book but I like to write it down because otherwise I'll forget. That's just how I, that's how my brain works. I think so everybody's different.
0: And that's it. Yeah. I mean, different Mm -hmm. people have different, different preferences. You figure out what works, you run with it. And Mm -hmm. um, the the key is to actually have a system to begin with, because if we don't, then those things just kind of live in our head and we're laying there at, you know, 1230 at night. And we're thinking about that thing because we don't have any place to put it. We have a system Mm -hmm. that we can dump all of those tasks into. We at least know They're they're somewhere where we can then reference the next day. And then you pointed out earlier the significance of having that list so that we are focused in our work. We're not just kind of randomly grabbing at this thing and that thing, which very much can be easy to do. So I I think that's a good reminder for all of our listeners, too. And I appreciate you kind of taking us down that path.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So moving to the next question, then Um, let's talk about inspiration. And you know, we talked about uh, passion and, and authenticity earlier, and those being kind of cliche phrases. We hear about inspiration a lot. But I think there's certain significance to it. And so I'm curious to learn where our our guests and photographers specifically are getting inspiration, not just in the photography industry, because it's easy to scroll through all of our friends' Instagram feeds. um, But where do you find inspiration outside of the photography industry that makes you a better business owner, better photographer?
1: Um, You know, that's a really great question. I really had to think about that. Um, And honestly, sometimes it's like through my children, you know, um, Sometimes I, I, I do children photography as well. And sometimes the stages that my kids are in, for example, my daughter was really into unicorns at one point. So I, for her birthday, we did a unicorn session. So we had this miniature horse and they had this little unicorn horn and we ended up doing the session and it ended up being a huge thing for me because at the time, this was a couple years ago unicorns were huge. And it just, I mean, I booked these things so quickly and easily just, you know, and, and some of it is just based on like some of the things that my my children love, you know? So, and then the next year we did like a mermaid theme and she was just into that. And, you know, we created, uh, like a mermaid type scene of um, you know children photography, and it, it just a lot of it is just for my children, just being around them and seeing what they like, and and that's what I focus on. I do newborn and children photography, and um, just being with my kids is you know finding finding what they like, and and then it just comes into a fruition with with my business as well. So I would say my my children.
0: I totally get that too. I I, mm-hmm. I have two kids of my own. They're um, quite a bit older now, 18 and, and 15. And oh, wow. they're both okay. as tall, if not taller than me, which is also kind of crazy, both my son and daughter mm-hmm. actually. But <laughs> oh, uh, you
1: look young for having a an 18 and 15 year old. Oh, so thank you. Good. Thank you. Well,
0: it, they, they are, you know, I, I think back to when they were quite a bit younger. And in fact, there's, there's a picture in particular that I think of, of, of my daughter. She, She was sitting down to a meal and I decided I wanted to start kind of photographing in a journalistic manner, photographing my kids. And so she's, she's sitting down in the kitchen and there's this really beautiful light coming through the window and she's got a sandwich in front of her on the plate and she's just, she's got her eyes kind of squeezed shut and she's saying a prayer before she eats this sandwich. Uh And it was really, really cute. And I think back, I mean, she's so tiny then compared to now she's all grown up, but um, those little things like that, looking for, Looking for as you're talking about the inspiration from our kids, or for those right. who are listening and who don't have kids, maybe looking for inspiration in kids um, of your friends' families, or yeah. uh, you know, just people in general. I, I talk quite a bit about going to to airports and the inspiration that I find and the the excitement that I find and watching people, even just at airports, the interactions between the two of them. If we learn how to be sensitive to that, how that can translate then to a, a photography session, for example. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: There's so many different places we can take inspiration from. So I I think that's a really great kind of reminder for our listeners. But then let's actually delve into the education side. We have the inspiration side, the educational side. Is there a particular book that you've found uh, particularly helpful in the last few years?
1: No, that was a great question too. So I don't know if you've heard of David Ramsey. Yes. So we are really into David Ramsey, and and we use that personally, and I use it like as as a business. So being debt free is our biggest thing. And um, December thirty first, we were completely de- debt free, which is huge. Um, Congratulations! You know, That's so, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, and that was all through Dave Ramsey. We we kind of followed his plan and started with car payments, and you know it's just, yeah. um, I think it's great just to not have debt. And even with the business, you know, so we just try not to spend, you know, we, we don't, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. We just try not to spend what we don't need to spend. So with my business, I have tons of props and, and, and you could go crazy. I mean, I've seen photographers probably overspend, but you have to be profitable too. So, I mean, I could go crazy buying props and headbands and, and outfits, but, and I do, I, you definitely have to change it up, but you know, most clients, they don't know that you're using, you know, maybe the same prop as you did with uh, the other client, but you just change it up, i uniquely differently. Um, but I don't need a million props. Um, I don't have enough room anyway. So I just try to save, you know, and I don't uh, overspend. Um, and Dave Ramsey is just all about no, no debt and investing. So that, that's, that would be my, my biggest thing. personally and professionally we've used David Ramsey.
0: Well, and, and his most popular book, um, is that extreme money makeover?
1: I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll link to a copy of that, or I'm sorry, total money makeover, um, the proven okay. plan for financial fitness. Well, I've I just pulled it up on Amazon here, but we'll actually mm-hmm. put that in, We'll link to that in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com for everybody listening in if you're curious. And, you know, Joanna, you were saying it's kind of hard to explain, but then you, you really actually explained it very simply, which is don't spend money on stuff you don't need to. I mean, it's, it's really as simple as that. And right. um, it reminds me actually of a conversation I've heard and have had with my fr- good friends, Rich and Heather Smith, photographers here locally, and they talk about the same thing. I mean, they live a very—they've got—they've got a great business, a strong business, but they live a very mm-hmm. simple life, and they do that on purpose because mm-hmm. a they don't—they don't care about the the you know the quote unquote status that comes from having the latest gear, and right. it really doesn't, as you were kind of alluding to, it doesn't make that big of a difference for the client's experience. Right. Um And at the end of the day, if you're intentional with the way that you're spending, that frees you up. Um, a as a business owner, because if you're if you stressed out all the time about money, that does not help on the creativity department. But it right. also frees you up as an individual because now you actually get to focus on the things that you that you really want to actually invest in, um, and that mm-hmm. can have a bigger impact in your life. So. Um, I think this is a really great, again, a great reminder for all of our listeners because it is so easy to get just carried away with the latest tech. I used to do this and and it's still fun to to look at that stuff, but I realized, yeah. you know what? I could, I mean, I could literally, I could go back to when I was shooting with a Nikon D1X back in 2005, that, that right. camera right now, if I wanted to, I could go back in, I could get that and I could go photograph a session and produce beautiful images from exactly. it, just knowing how to use it and And yep. I'd be totally fine, and my clients wouldn't be judging me for it
1: yeah absolutely yep i I mean, I shoot with a Canon six d I mean I could definitely upgrade, but it's like why they they produce beautiful images um I have good lenses i you know, but yeah some some photographers just go nuts with buying all kinds of new equipment, new lenses, you know I, I use basically two to three lenses and and that's all I need, so i I just don't go overboard with that.
0: That's cool. Well, yet again, yep. a good reminder. there has been lots of great reminders. Thank you for that. But let's, <laughs> yeah. let's actually jump back to newborn photography specifically, because we want to talk about how to create an amazing newborn experience for photographers who are working in this, this genre of portrait photography. Have you always photographed newborns? Can, what's the backstory to the newborn business specifically?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I love babies and when I got into, you know, just photographing my kids um, I just started posting pictures of them on Facebook and Instagram and things. And, um, you know, I would have friends that would contact me and say, Hey, uh, my daughter's birthday's coming up. Can you take pictures of her? Cause you do such a good job with your kids. And I would just do it, at, you know, cause they were friends and then they would give me a gift card. And, you know, at the time I was trying to think, well, when my kids go to school, what am I going to be doing? Cause I, I knew I didn't want to go back into sales or new home sales. Cause it's a lot of weekends, evenings. And I was like, well, maybe I can get into this photography thing. So I just kind of started learning I, online, um, taking classes online. I just practiced with the camera. Um, and then I, I even had a mentor. But I just love babies and, and the creativity that can go with it, you know, doing different outfits and different props. Um, and I just had a passion for it. And I, I knew when I wanted to go back to work, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed and that made me happy, and this was it. So,
0: and and like you said earlier, here you are, seven years later, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly. so cool. Oh, yeah. There's nothing
0: like being able to to do something that that you love and is a reflection of your your personal goals and your values. Um, and and again, for everybody listening in, you can see the the, the so called passion that Joanna was referring to earlier in her work. And if you go to her Instagram account, I've, I've had this pulled up in front of me. and just kind of scrolling through Joanna as you were talking. Um, Just really, really lovely um, and, and for everybody listening in Instagram.com. Of course, Joanna, just like it sounds. And then Andres, am, am I doing uh-huh. that? Am I getting the accent right? Andres? <laughs> you okay. got it. Yeah, you got it. A-N- A-N-D-R-E-S photography. And uh, again, we'll link to that in the show notes at com. But I, we're going to get to some pra- practical recommendations, Joanna, from you about how to create a really great experience. I want to talk about the flip side of that first, though. Have you always been able to deliver that kind of experience or have there been some tough learning curves along the way that you might be able to share with our listeners?
1: Sure. I would say that um, probably about three years ago, I switched to IPS in-person sales. And ever since I switched, I definitely, that was a big learning curve and it was definitely a difference compared to like just shooting, you know and giving them the digitals, um, you know, you're definitely giving them a lot better experience uh, with in-person sales because you're just spending more time with them. You're seeing them several times. Um, you know, they're here for the session and then they come back again for the reveal and ordering appointment. Um, so you're just getting more that relationship because you're seeing them more and you know, it's because it's in-person sales, it's a larger value sale and you're just you just give them a better experience because it's not a mini session where you're back to back to back and it's a quick, you know, 15 minute session and they're, they're gone. And then you just send them the digitals and that's it. You never hear from them again. It's completely different. So it definitely has changed from the time I switched from IPS sales.
0: Okay, and that's interesting because you started talking about IPS and I'm thinking, well, but how does that like how does that relate to the actual experience, like the client's happiness? But what you pointed out there was interesting, and that is that switching to IPS meant meant more time with the client, which gave you the platform to be able to develop a deeper relationship with them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So in the past, I would just Send them an email with my rates, you know, I just never talk to them and it, now it's different. Um, you know, I call every client, I have conversations with them I, I I learn about them, I talk to them, you know completely different
0: and I bet too, I mean if I know you've been in sales in the past, so you have some experience there, but when we talk about and we've talked about IPS in the podcast before and i've I've mentioned before how even I'm not a great salesperson, I think a lot of photographers feel similarly, but it probably makes it easier to. Uh, quote unquote, sell something to somebody, i.e. share something of value with them that they can purchase if they'd like, when you are developing an ongoing relationship with them, where you have a comfortable communicative relationship with them already?
1: Absolutely. I, you know, I used to be in sales and I don't feel like I'm selling anything. Like I just am telling them, this is what, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like sales to me. It's just, here are your images, this, you know, what, what did you want to do with them? Okay. You want to put them on your walls, get, take a picture of your walls. Let me show you what it would look like. Like I don't feel salesy with them at all um, compared to when I wasn't sales, you know, trying the closing questions and, and that sort of thing. It's just being genuine with them and, and asking them real questions. What do you want to do with these images? You know, that sort of thing and just listening to what they have to say and then following through with what they want. Yeah, so, what do you
0: want to do with these images is interesting because it's kind of open-ended. Is that on purpose? Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Um they they think about it. They're like, well, I want to, you know, maybe share some of on course. social media, have, you know, announcements, um, you know, they'll just list things. And then we can kind of delve into what exactly they want and I'll show them what I have. And
0: Have you found that you get better results via that open-ended question versus kind of leading questions that remind them of particular products that maybe they wouldn't naturally think of? like Which way seems to work best?
1: Um, I mean, I, I do the open-ended questions and then I'll, I'll kind of, if some of them are like, well, you know, I haven't really thought about it. Then I'll just give them some ideas. Like, did you, you know, do you want to share them on social media? Do you want to have an album? You know, um, so I'll I'll give them some ideas as well. It just depends on how the conversation's flowing. If if they don't know what they want, then then it can get tough. So then I'll just kind of throw in some things that I offer and see what they what they say. That's
0: cool. I I don't think I've ever heard that approach or quite exactly like that before. And and I, I think that's a really interesting way to go about it. And it seemed, it does come off way more natural than having this scripted set of questions that you just ask somebody. Robotically, um, I'm sure that doesn't set the tone for certainly encouraging a relation like a genuine relationship, but but helping them feel comfortable, taking the edge off of this idea that they might be getting ready to spend a thousand or two thousand or whatever it is with you, uh, makes it easier. So that's that's really interesting. Okay, so I want to talk about, and in fact, really my main focus here at the podcast is to make sure that our listeners, when they hear an episode, that they walk away with something practical. You've, you've already given a lot of practicality actually. So thank you for that. But I'm going to specifically with regards to creating a really great newborn experience. You told me before we got started that you actually have four principles with regards to creating this experience for newborn clients. Um, what are those? would love to delve into that now.
1: Sure. Um, the first one is, always call the client. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people nowadays are texting and um, I mean, email is okay if, if the client wants to be emailed, but I just think it's so unprofessional. I don't like texting clients. Um, I think it's just a little unprofessional just for me. Just, you know, I don't know. Have I just you, think it's so important to call the client. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt you. Have you, have you found that you're working with a particular demographic that that tends to lean toward enjoying being on the phone anyway, because I know that a lot of the tendency toward text, and by the way, I, I, I tend to, to side with you in this too. I love an actual conversation, but I also mm-hmm. realize that in 2020 culture, it's just become kind of the norm to, to use text messaging. Right. How, how have you, I guess, ultimately morphed into this particular business model or has it always been this way? And does it does it, or is it a reflection of the demographic that you're working with?
1: You know, the, I, I do work with a younger demographic as well, but there are some clients that refuse, like they will want just, you know, just send me your, your, your information and that's not how I run my business. So I'll explain that to them. Like, you know, I definitely would love to give you my, my, my information, but you know, it just depends on what you want. There's not like a, a certain number because I'm IPS they can spend however little or however much they want. It just depends on what their budget is, what they want to do with the images, like I was saying. So it's just explaining to them, you know, and I I just don't like when people try to force the way that I run my business. Like, no, I just only want to be texted or, you know, Um, and I just explained, you know, that's not how I run my business. We will start with a a quick consultation so I can understand what you want, um, what you're looking for, you know, what what do you plan on doing with these images so I can style it based on where you put it, that sort of thing. And then once they understand that they, they'll just give me their phone number, which is, you know, and then, and then that's how you can really establish that relationship.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, and and you're setting the expectation, which is a really big deal too. Are you doing that? How are you setting that expectation? Is it through your website or an initial email or how do they know that that's the way that you're going to be communicating with them?
1: Yeah. So when they first inquire through my website, they'll enter their information and then they'll get an automatic email that will say, you know, let's schedule a phone consult right away. So, you know, once they enter in their information, they'll get a link and they can schedule their, their um, phone consult right away. And then, and then we start, start the process right there.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I actually see. So I I jumped over to the investment page on your website and mm-hmm. um, very reasonable fees, which means kind mm-hmm. of an easy in for for that right. potential client, which is great. But then you're able to sell to them, as you, you mentioned. Um, and then just a very simple contact form, which sets up that phone consultation. I think that's great. And by the way, again, props to you. I'm not in the least criticizing avoiding text messaging. I think, (laughs) especially for your business model, um, it seems to make a lot of sense because it's largely about relationships. And then that relationships and the relationship enables you to be able to to sell to them um, in person. And that makes a big difference. So that totally makes sense. So always call the client. That's the first principle. What's the next one?
1: I think the biggest one is, is to listen to them, like listen to what, what it is they want, what, what, is, what are their wants, their needs. And then you kind of reiterate that to them when you talk to them on the phone, you know, you're telling me that you really want some portraits to hang in your nursery and that you've designed it with, you know, pinks and purples, you know, we can definitely style the session and, you know, Give them some things that they can start imagining in their head, but just it just starts with listening to what what it is that they want, um, and just having real conversations, not just this is my rate, you know, this is how much I charge. Like I I just like to get to know them, what what they're looking for, and what they're excited about, you know, why they want a newborn session, that sort of thing. So um, I think listening is just really important.
0: And how do you balance I mean, it's it's obvious already based on our conversation that there are certain way there are certain ways that you like doing things as far as your business is concerned, but how do you balance that then with listening to them, being open to their ideas as opposed to just kind of projecting yours or, or pushing your ideas on them for that session?
1: Right. They, well, they typically don't tell me exactly like how they want me to pose the baby or anything like that. It's just kind of like what colors they want me to incorporate. I'll, I'll ask them what's the decor in their home, you know, because I like to style the session based on where they plan on hanging some of the portraits. So that way it just flows with their house. So, you know, just listening to those sort of things um, I think is important. That's a big thing for me.
0: Okay. So starting with always calling the client. And secondly, Mm -hmm. listening to them, which you know, to to some of our our listeners, they might say, well, well, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? But I think the reality is, especially in 2020 and and the way that we communicate normally via social media and text messaging, everything's kind of quick and and there's not a lot of actual focus and attention given to intentional conversation. I think it's important to be reminded that we do need to just shut up for a second, be present and listen to what they have to say because it really can translate to better experience. What's the third principle?
1: Um, the third thing is when they're here at the session, just making them feel comfortable and at home. I think that's huge. Um, these are first time parents or, you know, they just have a baby. They're they're nervous, you know, they're nervous to hand their baby off to me. So I just try to create like an ambiance in here. The music is relaxing. The lights are off. It's warm down here for the baby. It's It's heated to 80 degrees. Oh, wow. Um, yeah because I'm you know the, the babies are gonna be naked or maybe changing them so it's, yeah. it's really warm but it feels
0: like- <laughs> I'm just thinking about how like right now my the thermostat in my house is set to <laughs> 72 at night I sleep with at 68 80 yeah. degrees like I'd, I'd probably be sweating but I, I I get what you're saying I'm just like wow that that's that's pretty hot
1: <laughs> yeah it is especially with a mask on now too <laughs> you know um with coronavirus you have to wear masks but yeah. um it is but it, it's you know, sometimes my clients will fall asleep. They're so comfortable and they appreciate it.
0: I think it's that 80 degrees, Joanna. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, props to yeah. you for creating a comfortable environment too, but I think it's yeah. that 80 degrees. I'd be falling asleep yeah. at 80 degrees too. I know,
1: I know.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. I, I totally, I'm in all seriousness though, I, I get what you're saying uh, um, about creating the comfortable environment. Understand yeah. why you've got it up at that higher temperature. Are there certain right. things that you do specifically for, do you have music playing in the background as well? And are there other things that help, especially a, a first time yeah. parent, helping yeah. them learn to just like take a deep breath and be okay with what's going on?
1: Absolutely. So I have um, a big screen. I don't know. I think I have a 52 inch or something down here. And so I, tr- I have it on. Um, it's on moving art on Netflix. Oh, yeah. You I said that earlier. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically a lot of beautiful images and relaxing music. And I mean, that's the first thing there's, they come in here and they're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm at a spa or something. Like, it's just so relaxing and it just puts them at ease. And I, I just take care of the baby. I'll, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, I'll take the bottle, I'll feed them, I'll change their diaper. And they just are like, Oh my God, this is the first time I've had like a break, you know, and that that's where that experience comes. They just really enjoy it. Like I had a session this morning and they they were like, we're definitely coming back. <laughs> this was amazing, <laughs> you just, know? Just to so. have
0: your spa experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's really cool though. You mentioned earlier too, I mean, so you've got the music, the visual piece, um, of course the temperature for the baby, but you also mentioned that it's dim. How dim and what's the thought process behind that?
1: Um, You know, with my lighting, I just need you know, my lighting, I don't like to use any other lighting because it throws it off a little bit. I don't like any yellows in there or anything. So, um, and it is partially also to make them relax a little bit. I think with with the, with the lights dim and just that, they, they, they really do relax. I mean, a lot of them fall asleep, which is great. Um, because that's how comfortable they are here. You know, they just handed me their newborn baby and within 30 minutes they're out, <laughs> you know, that's and awesome. that's, Yeah. And, but they're, they're happy because these moms are waking up every two to three hours in the middle of the night and they're exhausted. So, and, and I, I tell, I encourage them. I said, you know, I want you guys to relax during this time. Um, When I first started, I would hand the baby every time the the baby would cry to, to the the client. But now if they cry, I mean, I've learned how to soothe them and and different techniques. I have like a baby shusher. We have three heaters on. If if they start crying, I'll wrap them. It usually helps. You know, they just usually know, they know that I'm going to take care of their baby. So
0: what's a, what's a baby shusher? Is that a, like a technical (laughs) terminology? A baby shusher?
1: It's just this little device that, um, it sounds like somebody's shushing instead of me having to shush. Really? Um, yeah. And it's, I think it's like $30 on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. It's called the baby shusher. Um, and it's, it's a great tool <laughs> to try to get the babies to sleep.
0: That's so. funny. I don't think I've heard of that yeah. before. Well, wow. yeah, that could have come in handy about 15 years ago for me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know they didn't have it when my kids were born either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. Well, so this has been good. We we talked about the significance of the phone call. Actually, having conversation on the phone, listening to them. Third was helping them feel at home, and and I, I love the detail that we had there about how you do that. What's the fourth principle?
1: The fourth thing is just trust. Um, you know, I have to show them they they can trust me with their newborn, and I think that's huge. You know, because like I said, there's some first time moms that are just you know, they might be hovering, hovering over you, or they're just a little nervous, but I, I just show them that they, they can trust me with their baby. Like I, I'm going to take care of their baby. I, I've been doing this for seven years. I I know how to handle them. Um, you know, and th- I think that's the big thing is once they see me with the baby, they completely trust me. And, you know, just, that just gives them that really good experience of like, And with my reviews, when I read them, that they say that a lot, like I would trust her with my baby, like I would recommend her to anybody because she takes such good care of them, you know? So that's, that's the biggest thing I think for me, um, giving that, that good experience is, is trust.
0: Well, it sounds like too, if I'm looking for how that trust comes about, it's really literally everything that we've talked about for the last 44 minutes is Mm -hmm. it leads up to that sense, that feeling of trust. Um, right. even down to, you know, having those lights dimmed and, and a relaxing environment or atmosphere for the parent or parents as they come in, mm-hmm. it, it creates that sense that they can relax, and they can let go and let you do your thing. And, and so they experience that feeling of trust. And I think that's a really great way to kind of round out our conversation. Really great reminders, some practical application here. Thank you so much for making time to do the podcast today.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. And I really appreciate your time today. So,
0: Well, um, and, and remind our listeners to just one more time, if you will, your website and uh, social media as we close here.
1: Sure. Uh, my website is www.joannaandresphotography.com. And then I have a Facebook and Instagram page. Um, and they're both Joanna Andres Photography on both Facebook and Instagram.
0: Perfect. And we'll put those in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. For everybody listening in, make sure you take advantage of the show notes too. We link to all the resources that we discuss. In fact, we'll even find that baby shusher. We'll put that in the show notes for everybody. And, um, but make sure you take advantage of those resources. Haley does a great job putting those all together. Thanks again, once again, Joanna, for hanging out with us here at the Boca podcast today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much photographers for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at BocaPodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial-free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.